Rally your hands together, Pastor Stephen. I love you. Oh, thanks. You can sit down. You guys are the best. I appreciate you so much. Um, hmm. No. So Garrett does this real seamless transition whenever he gets up here. He starts talking. He you knows like the first couple lines already while he's unlocking his iPad and getting everything sorted. I can't do that, so you're going to have to just watch me be awkward for a minute. How's everybody's week? <laughs> this is a good start. They're going to have me back soon, huh? <laughs> okay, here we go. Control. All right. So, hope for glory and glory for hope is what we're going to be talking about today. Now, as Garrett has shared last week, um, the theme for 2022 um, is hope. And I'm, I'm really excited uh, about this for a couple of reasons. One, because I've spent some time looking at the, at the topic of hope. Um, and I'm excited to share what I've learned about hope with you guys. Um, but really why I'm excited about this is because I really believe that as we lean into this concept and topic of hope, that God is going to unravel this thing and make it more than just a definition, more than just an understanding. He's going to build in us hope, true hope. And, and then we're going to know not only what that looks like, but then how to apply it. Now, <clears throat> think back last year, right? At the beginning of last year, by faith was our, uh, our topic for the year. It was our theme. And, like, I knew what faith was, but there were deeper questions that I didn't know. Like, how do I apply this, this concept of by, living by faith or walking by faith or doing by faith? And it was through the course of the year that we, we just kept digging in and leaning and learning and understanding. And God opened the doors for us to understand and provided insight and understanding to us about this concept of by faith. And now how many people today feel like they really understand what that means? Yeah, okay. So for at home, I hope you feel it too. Hands went up here. Because we understand, we spent time learning and growing and God opened our eyes to what living by faith looks like. So now we have this really um, accurate, not only definition, but understanding of how we can take this thing by faith and we can apply it in these very specific areas of leadership and ministry and growth and, and, and personal wellness. And, and we have all of this and how to make decisions by faith, right? It's not just this ethereal thing anymore. It's something we can do. We understand it. And why I'm excited for hope is because I believe fully that God is going to do the exact same thing with our, with our household in, ter- in, in understanding hope. Right now, we, have, we may have a very superficial understanding of this word hope, but I f- really firmly believe by the end of the year, God is going to do amazing things not only in us, but through us for his glory, and so that people can see and have hope. So I'm real excited. This is going to be a... This is going to be a killer year. It's going to be, wow, a killer. This is going to be a good year. <laughs> so here's, here's what I know about hope. Now, I told you I've, I've, learned, you know, I've looked into this a little bit. I've learned a little bit about hope already. So here's what I know about hope. A couple things that I'll share with you, okay? The first thing is that is the definition. Hope is a reasonable expectation of a future good. Garrett shared this with, with us last week, and this is what we kind of set the foundation of the year for, that, that in all that we do... As it pertains to God's word, there is a reasonable expectation of good that will come out of that, okay? So I know that. Like, I know that that's what hope is. But something else that I know is that hope is for everyone. And that's what we're going to look at a little bit today. All right, so 
we, we kind of have this understanding, this, this like baseline of hope. Like, but, but how do we get it? How do, what do we do with it once we have it? How do we step into this reasonable expectation? That seems like, something, that seems like a place I want to be, but maybe like I don't know how to quite get there. So that, that specifically is what we'll be looking at. And that's why the title of the teaching is uh, Hope for Glory, Glory for Hope, okay? So we're going we're gonna to start with um, relating hope, okay? So um, we've all experienced some level of hope before, okay? Maybe not godly hope, like we're going to focus on in our ministry, but we have all experienced contextually hope. And I'll give you an example, okay? Recently, we, we, we just came out of the Christmas season, Okay, now I'm willing to bet that all, if, or some if not all, of us had specific plans around Christmas, right? Like whether that was travel or time off of work or, you know, spending time with like friends and family. Like there was a way that you spent Saturday, the 25th, that was different than your like typical Saturday, right? Like you made plans around it. And then once those plans were made, However much time there was between when you made the plans and, and Saturday, you looked forward to that, right? That's hope. Like that's the, just the, the, the raw definition of hope is like looking forward to something that's good. Nobody planned to get a flat tire, lose a loved one, or get sick on Christmas Day. So you weren't looking forward to bad things happening, right? You were looking forward to like spending time with family and traveling and getting away from like the busyness and just kind of focusing in on whatever it is, right? So you had hope that on Christmas Day there was going to be this, this good, right? That's hope. Now, those plans were based on information that you had previously, right? Whether it was, this is what we did last year, and so this is what we're going to do this year, or this is what we're going to do new, you, sit, you fixed a time and said, this is when the good happens. And then all of the time up to then is when you are looking forward to that. Godly hope is not entirely different but it is something that in most cases you really don't have a whole lot of control over. God will tell you the good that is to come and your responsibility in that then is to obey if there's instruction and receive, right? Let's take um, eternal life, for instance. That's a small one we can all kind of wrap our heads around, right? <laughs> so you didn't do anything to gain eternal life. Jesus Christ did all of the work. He moved all the heavy, he did all the heavy lifting, he did all the legwork, however you want to frame it, he did all of the work, all you have to do is follow an instruction, and believe, which is believe, and then receive, right? So godly hope, as we, uh, as we look more into this, right, it's going to be something that God will tell us, either through scripture, or through revelation, or by way of someone else through prophecy, that is for us, it's a future good for us, Okay? So where do we see this? Let's, let's look in Romans. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. It says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Our believing by faith has made us right. We are in right standing with God. Okay? Strong's, the, the Strong's Concordance um, calls this word peace. It defines it this way, the tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ. And so fearing nothing from God, it is content with its earthly lot. Right? The Greeks had it down. They got one word for all of that. They called it peace. Like, <laughs> like, I don't know what peace is. Well, now I do. It's, a tr- it's the state of a soul 
being tranquil with God, right? So we have peace with God. Now, this concept of peace with God is really important as it relates to hope because hope requires trust. We must trust that the source of the goodness that we're expecting is good, and we must trust in that source. So before we go any further, I just want to make sure I'm a huge, I'm a big fan of like people being aligned in the same direction, okay? Do we all understand this verse and how it apl- how, what it means to you today? Yeah, okay, I'm not seeing any of this, but I'll take some of this. If you got, oh, yes, yeses are good, feedback. I tell Ben all the time, adults need feedback, so if you're just blankly staring at me, I assume you're not paying attention. So we're all good on this, right? Like, we, we've got some feedback, good, great, okay. All right, so if there's no question about that, I just want also just that we understand that we are justified, that is to be made right and righteous before God. We understand this. There's no question about this. Nobody wants to talk about it. We don't need to hash this out. Okay, it's important, guys. The reason that it's important to understand is because God wants you to acknowledge, hope in, and expect his goodness for you. And if you don't believe where you stand before God is right and just, you can't see that goodness and think it's going to apply to me. Okay? So we got to understand, we stand before God right now good. We're good with that? Yeah? Yeah? Yes. All right, now we can move on. The longest part of my teaching was explaining that again. If we don't recognize that we have peace, okay, this is important. If we don't recognize that we actually have peace with God, then every hardship is his fault. And every good thing, every blessing that comes our way is just coincidence because we don't recognize where it came from. We have to understand that we have peace, that the good things that come to us are by design for us specifically. Understanding peace is important. Okay, guys? All right. So let's look at this real quick. Lamentations 3. When I was, when I was coming up, I did not think I would quote Lamentations as often as I do. That was like one of, those ver- one of those books that I was like, oh, man, there's a lot in here. It's not an epistle, but it's really good. So, so, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. Verse 23, they are new. Those mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, God. Verse 25, the Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul that seeks him. Isaiah 40 says that the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. So if this is true, then Lamentations is true. And if Lamentations is true and Isaiah is true, then guess what? In James 1, 17, when it says every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above, guess what's true? Yeah, that's true. Because the word of the Lord doesn't change, and this is the word of the Lord. Every good gift, every perfect gift comes from above, coming down from the Father of lights, whom there is no variation. There is no shadow due to change. This means that from the time that Lamentations was written until today, God's steadfast love has not stopped. God's mercies have not ended, and God is still faithful to his people. Now, who wants to take a good word from that and say, okay, God, whatever you got, I got hope for. All right, let's lean into this then. Your peace and unity with God is what sets the stage for trust. 
Your unity and peace with God is what sets the stage for real hope because you can trust. God is not promising you something so that you'll get comfortable so that he can pull the rug out from under you and get a cheap laugh. Okay? That's not God. Your God loves you. Your God will do good for you and you can have hope in that good because God is not going to change. <laughs> so, uh, John did a great job in um, you know, making people that know what cash is feel old, so I'm going to just jump on that train. Who remembers what a video store is? Yeah. All right. Yes, there's so many hands that went up. This is great. All right. So, you used to, but for all you Xennials uh, watching on the stream, you, before there was the internet and streaming services that you could watch your favorite movies on, and before there was Redbox, you had to go to like a brick and mortar store that just did movies, and it was called a video store. I don't get into why it's called a video store, but there, it was a video store. So you would go in, you would, pay, uh, you would pay an amount to become a member, you would pay an amount to rent the video, you, it was like a library, but for good movies. And then you would have to bring those back in a certain time, and if you didn't, oh my gosh, the fines. Guys, do you remember the fines? Like borderline firstborn, if you were a day late. Oh, they hurt so much. So... With these, with these fines in mind, right? All right, so who remembers going to the video store and you walk in and your foot cr- crosses the threshold and then you just start panic sweating because you don't know where you stand with the video store? <laughs> oh my God, so many times I would be like, oh, am I going to get to rent something today? Like, oh, do, do I have any late fines? Did I bring back Caddyshack? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Right? And so then I would like nervously pick out a video. I'd just be flop sweating this whole time. I'd get up, just shaking on my hand. Maybe there's a video's on the counter. And then just wait with, like, for the guy to say, 350, we'll see you on Tuesday. <laughs> and then I was like, yeah. All right. So, got off there. Uh, that feeling, that nervous, sweaty, uncomfortable feeling, you'll never have to feel with God because you are good with God. Man, when you come into his presence, it is not like, is there a late fee? No, when you come into his presence, there's no late fees. There's no missed returns. You are standing before the creator, good. Let's just take a minute to let that settle. You stand right now. You sit right now. You watch from home right now. Before the creator, before God Almighty, good. Your standing before God is good. Let's read verse 1 again. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And through him, through Jesus, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace that we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Before we get into hope, we've got to know that we're good. Because hope is a, is a reasonable expectation of good. And if we don't know that we're good before God, we don't know that we're justified before God, then we're not going to recognize the good as something he did for you. We rejoice in the hope. In, just, in, in merely the expectation of good, we can rejoice. So let's settle in on this, this hope and glory. 
This is a real fun combination of words. This is a dynamic. It's a, it's a, it's a timestamp dynamic here. So the, what I mean by that is this. First, there is hope, right? The reasonable expectation of good. And then there is glory. The definition of glory is the unfolded goodness of God in your life, right? So glory is always going to be attached to hope, right? So in a timeline, where it says this, this is a timeline. We're always going to move right on the timeline. We're here, and we have hope, Come down the timeline. Do, do, do. All of a sudden, boom, here we have glory, right? Glory is the transformation of the good that we expect into the good that we now have. Do we get this? Does that make sense to you guys? Because if it doesn't, I'll, we'll figure out another way to explain it, but that makes sense to me. I'm, I'm super linear like that. So like, okay, we have A and then we have B always, right? You're always going to have hope. You're always going to have glory. Seems pretty easy, right? Okay, so... We rejoice in the hope of glory. What that does not mean is that we, we don't strive to hope in something, right? So what I mean by that is, we, oh golly, I just hope that someday, I wish that someday I just, I'll have a shred of hope in my life. That's wishing. Now wishing and hoping are very different in that hoping is a reasonable expectation of good that will come where wishing is we just want something to come. Hope, we have a reasonable expectation that good will happen. And that reasonable expectation is based on what God has promised previously or how God has worked previously. So what this means is that we can use past experience as present fire for future glory. Let me say it again. We can use past experience as present hope for future glory. We get this? We just, well, let's go back to our timeline. We got a timeline right here. In this, in this time, boom, we're going to timestamp. We have, we have hope that good is coming, right? So, doop, 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 doop. Come, down, come down the line. And here we have glory, right? We have that hope transformed into glory. And then we have a timestamp, boom. There's a transition that happens from hope to glory. And so we got glory, right? And then we're going to come down, and then we're going to hit a point in time right here where we got, let's say, a tribulation. And we know that tribulation is not of God, right? That the testing of man is not, is, is not of God, right? Like if you're sick, you're hurt, that God didn't do that to grow you, right? Can we take that as, and, and grow in it? Sure. So let's do that, right? Let's say we get hurt, <clears throat> We've got previous glory over here. We've got previous hope before that. And right here, we've got a tribulation. Now, we pour hope into that. Why? Because we know that on the other side, further down the line, there's going to be a moment where we have glory. Right? Does that make sense? We're tracking on this? Okay. So check this out. Right now, I'm in the middle of a tribulation, right? I have a decision to make. I can stay here and move forward on my own, or I can confess and inject hope into that tribulation based on what I know to be true from previous in my life. When I talk about hope to glory and glory for hope, what I mean is that I can draw off of my previous experience of glory, known glory, right? I lived in a moment of glory before I saw where hope transitioned to glory, and now I'm in a new space, and I can take that glory, and I can use it to inject hope into my situation, because I know the goodness of God doesn't change. Because James told me that there is no variation, there is no shadow in God's nature. 
So if he did it before, can he do it again? Yeah, absolutely. If he did it before, will he do it again? That's it right there. It's not can. Let's not identify God can do this. Let's identify God will do this. That God will bring deliverance. That God will bring financial stability. That God will restore relationships. That God will because God will because God will because he did. He took you when you were dead in trespasses and sins, made you alive unto Christ. Okay. He did, and he will. When we look back, we take that glory and we inject it into our current tribulation, and we get hope. We take a hopeless situation, and we inject hope. Our circumstance doesn't get to determine whether or not we continue to trust in God to be God. We have hope for glory. I want to look at where this is. So we got this, right? What are we going to do with it? We got a little bit of hope. We understand what we're going to do with hope. This is what we're going to do with hope. Romans 15, verse 1 says, Those who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Now, guys, I want to, I want to just take a minute to, to level the playing field here. The strong, number one, are the strong in the moment. They might be strong in other moments. But there will come a time where they're likely not the strong. And that's okay. If you've been strong and you are now weak, you are not failing. Okay? If you are strong, look for somebody that isn't as strong and be a part of them. Okay? Help them. Because... That's what we're called to do, man. That's, that's our obligation as strong believers. When my dad died, I was not strong at all. I had, to, I had to lean on Laura. I didn't have a choice. I couldn't. I had a hard time. <laughs> that's okay, because there's areas that she's not strong in that I am strong in. And then I get to, up, then I get to uphold her. I get to bear her with, with her weakness. And that's what the body of Christ is for, guys. The whole reason we're here is not just to talk to each other about stuff. It's to help each other with stuff. Okay. Not to please ourselves. And guys, I, I can't, I mean, I, I don't see this in our house, but I know that somewhere in the world this is happening, that, God, that people are helping brothers and sisters in Christ for a pat on the back and an attaboy. And Jesus Christ didn't do this. And, and, and if that's going to be our position, we're going to just wreck a lot. So let's just get real clear that, man, when we're in the trenches, when we're helping, it's not so that we get, feel better. Right? Verse 2, let each of us please his neighbor for his good, the neighbor's good, and build him, the neighbor, up. This building is, this building is whatever benefits the neighbor without respect to what benefits me. Okay, um, I'll give you an example. Garrett, I, know that, I noticed that it's cold outside and you don't have a coat. Look at this coat I bought for us. That, see, I, us. Not, not for just you, but for us. Or look at this coat I bought for you for me. Because I knew you weren't going to like it. But I'll take, I mean, I'll take it off your hands if you don't want to wear it, right? So, okay, that's what that means, that when we bless our neighbors and we do good, it's to build them up without respect to how we benefit in that moment. 
Verse 3, for Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. Jesus Christ never approached a situation in all of the years of his ministry, in all three years of his ministry, never approached a situation where he was looking at how he would come out smelling like a rose at the expense or at the benefit of somebody else. And we can do that. We can definitely manipulate a situation to the point where we also look good just by showing up. Verse 4, for whatever is written in former days were written for our instructions that through endurance and through encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. So this is what, this is why I know that hope is for everybody, okay? Because if you have never had an interaction with God that would encourage you to expect good in the future, you can still read about good in God's word in the scriptures and get hope you can still get without any experience hope, a, good, a reasonable expectation of future good. And that's how I know hope is for everybody because there isn't a prerequisite. You don't have to show up with seminary. You don't have to show up with a, an amazing testimony. Look, you want an amazing testimony? Here it is. You were dead and now you're not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You were dead in trespasses and sins and now you're not. That's an amazing testimony, okay? Don't think that because you don't have some radical life experience that you don't have what it takes. Man, just read it. All you need is the word. All you need to read is the scripture, and and God will inject hope. Mm -hmm. Verse 5, may the God of endurance and encouragement. Hold up. Let's go back to verse 4. What were the two things that we need in the scriptures? Endurance and encouragement? That's weird. The God of endurance and encouragement. Huh. So I really don't have to bring anything to this thing. Because the God that is going to provide the two things that I would need is the God that provides the two things that I need. Endurance and encouragement. That word endurance is patience. Right? We, we, how many of you sit down with a Bible and read a scripture you've never read before or haven't read in a long time and immediately understand everything about it? Okay. So patience is like reading and rereading and learning. Right? So patience, endurance... And encouragement. God is the God of patience and encouragement. And he will grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Jesus Christ. Verse 6. That together, everybody, together, will glorify God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. This whole thing is about God's glory. God wants your life to exemplify power to the people around you. God wants your life to reflect his glory. So that means when you go to a meeting, that whole, the tenor of that meeting brightens up. That room shines because your glory is reflecting, or because God's glory is reflecting in you. God wants your life to bring glory to his name in everything that you do. So when you're at the gas station or at the grocery store and the lines are 20 deep and there's one person checking out but 30 bays that are, you know, it's like, is there anything more? Well, I won't say it's frustrating, but, but we all know we've been there. We've been to Meyer before. <laughs> right? So like in that moment, God wants your life to reflect his glory. God wants your life to bring glory to his name. That's what it's all about. The reason we have hope is so that there can be glory and glory back to his name. Amen. All right.
We have spent a minute since we've done any audience participation, so we're going to do some audience participation. How many of you guys, by show hands, how many of you guys have just come out of a hardship or a tribulation? One, two, three. All right, all right, all right. So we got a handful. Good, good. All right, for you guys that have just done that, I want you to think back to what that moment was when hope transitioned to glory. Okay? I want you to get real clear on that in your minds. I want you to take a few minutes and just think about that. Think about what that transition was like when you had, when, when you, you may have not had hope until that moment. You may have had hope. You may knew that something good was coming out of this, right? I want you to just rest on that. Now, for the rest of us that didn't raise our hands, that would tell me that you have not recently experienced that transformation from hope to glory, or that you're in a tribulation right now that seems like there isn't hope. So, I want you to raise your hands if that's where you're at. Okay, there's, there's people here, yes? I, I, I'm gonna, sorry, I need feedback, guys. Is there, okay, we got, great. Look, we're part of a family here, okay? And part of the family's job is for the strong to, up, to, to bear the weak. And so we're going to do that. So if you need prayer right now, I want you to just raise your hand. We're not going to call you up here. We're not going to make a big spectacle of it. You're not expected to reveal any personal information. If you're in an area where you need hope, I want you to raise your hand. And I want want people that have hope, that that are still focused on that nugget of hope, to go find somebody to pray for right now. We are going to minister to our home, to our house, to our family, and we are going to inject hope. Sometimes this is called standing in the gap. It's standing in the space between someone else's lack of believing and your level of believing to see God come to pass on their behalf. And that's what we're going to do right now, okay? So we're going to take a couple minutes, and we're going to just pray for each other, okay? So I want you to get up. Go. Come on, mill, mill, mill. Let's do this. This is, this is not optional. All right. Somebody, who needs prayer, just hold arms up, and let's hear it. God is going to bring deliverance today for sure, guys. And this is how it starts. Guys, if you're at home and you need prayer, throw something in the chat. Just throw your name in there. Our tech team will get on prayers for you guys. If you, do, if you want to throw in some detail, go to our website, gcfnaperville.org forward slash prayer. You can fill out a form there, and then one of our prayer warriors will get back with you, and we'll pray in detail over you. Okay, guys? Just take a couple minutes and pray for people, guys. This is super important.
Take about another minute here, guys. And we'll come back and I'll close this out. There is not a situation that is hopeless, guys, okay? For real. God showed up in the past, and God's going to show up in the future, because that's what he does. How many of you guys know that God promised Abraham that he was going to be the father of many nations? We know that, right? You know that God promised that Sarah would be the mother. And after a little while, that promise, come, that promise didn't come to pass on Abraham's timeline, so he went out and hooked up with Hagar, his, one of his handmaids. And he tried to take the promise that God gave him and make it happen on his own. Yeah, I know we've done that. I know it, for sure, because like, that's just human nature is to, like, I don't see a fix. I don't see the solution. I'm just going to force it. I'm going to make it happen. Guys, one of, the, one of the, the most dangerous things we could do is forfeit our promise to impatience. Do not, do not, do not, please, God, do not, do not allow your promise to be stolen by impatience. Good is coming. Good is coming, okay? God does absolutely want for your life to exemplify power to the people around you. God absolutely does want your life to reflect his glory. God absolutely does want your life to bring his name glory, okay? There is hope for tomorrow because God is good today. Amen? All right. Last little thing here, and I'm going to close out in prayer. God does not call the prepared. He prepares the called, and you are called. The reason you're here is because you've been called. Okay? All right. I love you guys. Father, thank you in the name of Jesus Christ for your goodness, for your everlasting goodness. And God, we praise you, and we throw glory right back at you, Father, and we just glorify your name. In the name of Jesus Christ, we give you honor, we give you glory, we give you praise for your goodness in our lives, for your steadfast faithfulness to your people, always and forever. In Jesus' name. Love you guys.